Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, February the 2nd. And our top story today is that there are concerns for the future of a food bank in Sittingbourne as the building it's in could be demolished. Now, Phoenix House has fallen into disrepair and Kent County Council wants to knock it down or sell it to save money. Well, Tony Cooper is the founder of the Bus Shelter Community Hub, which is based there. We are the only dedicated food bank and kitchen in Sittingbourne. There are a couple of other little places that open for an hour, an hour and a half, but they don't do they don't do the whole array of stuff. We do we do the food parcels, we do the kitchen, we do the um, sanitary stuff and the ladies stuff and the toilet rolls and all the bits and pieces like that. We've got absolutely the whole package under one roof, and to be kicked out, it'd be devastating for the people. Um, as I always say, nothing's too much trouble for us. We'll always go up above and beyond to help people, myself and the volunteers. And this building, KCC want to um, demolish it once they evict you, is that right? No, well, they did say that before, but now what they're saying is they want to put it in the auction and sell it. Um, I've asked him numerous times, or asked KCC numerous times in the last five years, if we can purchase it or if there was a purchase price so that we could work to a purchase price. We don't know how much it is. They won't They won't tell us, so they won't give us a, an idea, yet they want to put it in auction. Um, they say that they want to sell it because they haven't got any money. Um, yet I know of six or seven other buildings that are empty that they own that could go before this one, if that makes sense, giving us some time to raise some money to purchase the site because if we were to purchase the site, we would put, as a team, with, with the support, and we have got a lot of support from different places, we would put a brand new building on here, subject to planning, but it'll be a community centre for the community. And I believe by doing that, and it's not gonna be an overnight thing, but by doing that, that will give a lot of different types of person somewhere to go just like it used to be when it used to be Swale Community Centres. You wouldn't have so many people leaving from the shops because they would have support support from this building, somewhere to go. You wouldn't have all children running around at all times of night because this building would be open because there'd be clubs and things in here. Um, but as I say, that's not an overnight fix. We've got to we've got to get to where we want to be. But I can assure you that if that was the case, if we had this building, that's what would happen. If you cannot get um, hold of this building when KCT put it up for sale, mm-hmm. once they evict you, what happens to the bus shelter community hub? That's a hard question because I really don't know. We won't give up. We definitely won't give up. We may have to close for a little while. I have spoken to other places in town for, for places. Um, and we are waiting for some replies back. Um, we've had one from the forum. Um, they have got a place big enough for us. Not as big as this, but they have got a place where we can do some meals. Um, but that's got to have some work done on it. But they, they're not going to say that they're going to let us have it until we know what's happening here. Um, so I don't know is the answer to the bus shelter. Um, I don't want to close it. I really don't. I love doing what we do, going out on the street and helping people. I love it. My wife loves it, our volunteers love it, 
we're the best team of volunteers you could ever wish for. We've had a bit of a bit of a meeting with the trustees and the volunteers, and we've said that we will try and sort something out if we can't get it. But we are trying to get it. If KCC give us a bit of a chance, then we may may be able to purchase the building. And this is what the county council has had to say. Kent Online News. The funeral of a man whose body was found in the Netherlands after going missing in Medway takes place today. Liam Graham was last seen walking away from a car crash on Stoke Road near Hoo in July last year. In November, police confirmed the 22-year-old had been recovered from the North Sea. Well, today's service will be held in Gravesend and our thoughts are very much with Liam's family and friends. Firefighters have rescued a woman from the wreckage of a crash in Rochester. Two vehicles collided on St William's Way yesterday and one of the cars ended up on its side. The woman was looked after by paramedics. More than 40 fines have been issued to so-called boy racers following reports of speeding and nuisance driving in Larkfield. CCTV's been installed to deal with antisocial behaviour during car meets on New Hythe Lane. Dispersal orders have also been put in place. Plans to build a multi-million pound bike factory in Ashford have suffered a setback over potential impacts to the road network. Brompton Bicycle wants to build their HQ near the designer outlet. They say it could add £100 million to the local economy. National Highways bosses, however, say they need more information before they can give it the green light. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. A Canterbury woman who rescued an XL bully now has nine of them after the surprise arrival of a litter of pups. Lucy joins me now with more on this story. And Lucy, this might sound incredibly cute, but it's potentially a huge problem. Well, yes, because as I'm sure most people know by now, the breed has been banned. That means these pups can't legally be sold or given away. Now, the family took Brandy in back in November following the announcement of the ban coming into force because they wanted to give her a better life. But they had absolutely no idea she was pregnant. So just remind us why that ban has come into force. The government pressed ahead with it following a rise in reports of attacks. Anyone who already owned a bully had to get a special exemption certificate by the end of January. The dogs also have to be walked on a lead at all times and wear a muzzle when they're out in public. What's the future for these puppies then? Well, the 43-year-old owner, who asked not to be named, managed to get special exemption certificates for them. However, she either has to keep all of them or have them put down, which she says would break our hearts. The puppies have been described as little balls of energy and fun, and she believes the problem isn't with the breed, but often with the owners. Lucy, thank you ever so much, and you can head to Kent Online to see video today of the puppies. Kent Online reports. Plans for a £32 million winery in Canterbury could face another setback after environmental campaigners claimed the decision to approve it was rushed. Chapeldown wants to develop a site off the A2 at Bridge and say it would economically benefit the area. But opponents are worried about it damaging an area of outstanding natural beauty. A legal challenge will be heard in the High Court. 
court in May. Elsewhere, plans to demolish and then rebuild an Aldi in Sittingbourne have been submitted five years after they were first proposed. Posses want to expand the site on East Street by also knocking down the empty martial arts club next door. The supermarket hopes to have the work done by the end of the year. There's disruption to drivers in Raynham after a sinkhole opened up. Work started on Bering Grave Lane yesterday afternoon with only residents allowed to go through. It's expected to be closed until Wednesday. And the Kent Online podcast has been told there's been a dramatic increase in the number of pets being dumped since Christmas. The RSPCA say the cost of living crisis is one of the main factors. Neglect and abandonment is currently at a three-year high with more than 72,000 reports across the country in 2023. Now, Robert Richardson is an animal care assistant at their centre in Leybourne and he's been speaking to Sophia from our colleagues at KMTV. The pressure that we're under down here is is phenomenal um, and the cost of living crisis has, has hit people really, really hard. We've seen abandonments from October to November last year increase 4,000 abandonments nationally um, and over the festive period we've seen um, probably about an 8.5-10% increase in abandonments just the festive period alone. Um, so we are we're full to capacity, we're, we're working the best we can to get these guys rehomed. Um, but for every animal that leaves, we have 100 to 200 wanting to come in. I guess that must put pressure on you and other local services as these numbers rise. It's putting more strain on you. Absolutely. As I say, we, we have no room. There's no room at the inn at the moment. Um, and it's literally a case of one in, one out. Um, and quite often what it means is that the animals, when they've come to us, they've already spent some time in private boarding, being looked after um, in different um, locations around the county. Um, so we are not their first drop off before hopefully finding their forever home. They've, they've already been in a kennel, uh, in a pod, somewhere else um, for, for months. Um. Why do you think we saw such a rise over Christmas? Are people sort of gifting pets and then they realise actually they're not up to looking after them? Why do you think there is that rise during the festive period? I, I think it can come down to a, a multitude of different things. Obviously we are experiencing a, a, a a national struggle when it comes to the cost of living crisis. Um, I think when people perhaps maybe they've purchased a pet um, or been gifted a pet they don't realise that that's not the end cost. Um, weekly feeds, insurance, medical bills, especially if there's an unforeseen medical issue, uh, insurance, it, it all piles up and for some people that is just it's too much. Um, but equally we have seen examples of people being gifted pets they're not ready for um, and they realise that the, the time of their life isn't they're just not capable of looking after that animal at that moment in time. We're also seeing um, a ban on XL bullies come into place. Is this something, are you seeing more sort of people bringing in XL bullies to you specifically? Uh, as a centre for us here at Leybourne, we've been, I will say, fortunate to, to not have the influx that some centres have. Um, but you might say, understandably, a lot of owners who maybe, again, they cannot afford these exemption um, costs that have come in for the insurance, for the neutering, for the microchipping. Um, so it, it it's not uncommon for us to have heard of other centres having those XL abandonments. Um, 
but as I say, for us as a centre, we've been fairly fortunate to have low numbers um, here at Leybourne. Kent Online Sports. Football first up, and Gillingham will be looking to bounce straight back from last weekend's defeat as they welcome Walsall tomorrow. The visitors to Priestfield are three places and five points behind the Jills in the League Two table. Both sides have gone two games without a win. However, Gillingham will be hoping their additions in the January transfer window will have an immediate impact. Head coach Stephen Clements has been speaking to Bartholomew from our colleagues at KMTV and our sports reporter Luke Cordell. I think when you come to a football club as a, as a player, and I've only, I've only done it twice myself, I only moved clubs, um, I only had three football clubs in my career. But when you move, the way you get um, the respect to your teammates is how you perform on the pitch. Um, and Romeo has brought performance in the two games that he's played. Uh, Josh obviously comes off the bench last week and scores in his first game. Um, that always settles people down uh, and that gets the respect to your teammates. Um, and I can see already that they have the respect to their teammates. Um, the also game you said you watched the previous one. Is there anything that's comparable since then? Lots of they've changed. This club's changed quite a bit. Is there anything you can look back to to, to develop? On? Well, they've changed their shape. Um, they've obviously got some. Um, they've recruited some good players. Um, they're obviously trying to be successful like we are. Um, their manager Matt Sadler is actually. Uh, I was his captain at Birmingham when he was a young player. I remember him coming into the team and he was sort of 17, 18, and and uh, and. Uh, Obviously, he's someone that I'm still in touch with, so it'll be good to see him at the weekend. But I'm hoping that we can, I can get one over him. Um, but no, they're, they're, I think they're much improved. Uh, they've got uh, a physicality about them, and it, it'll be a difficult game. And then just finally, for me, um, you said you look at the stats and you're not sort of you know hide away from them. Do you kind of look back at the fact that you've now been at the club for three months? Do you do you kind of be critical of yourself at all? I don't know how, how do you look back at the last three months? You won't believe how critical I am of myself. Um, so uh, I definitely take my work home with me. Um, I think when you win a football game, it's relief. Uh, when you don't, it's a, it's a long week for me, I have to be honest. Um, but um, I kind of like proving people wrong. I've always been like that as well. Um, so when people do seem to sometimes have a go at me, which is you're going to get in my, in, in my job, um, I want to go and have another go. And I want to go and pr try and prove these people wrong. I've, had, I've been like it since I was a young player. And I've taken that into, into my coaching career. So, uh, um, yeah, that's the challenge in the position I'm in. Um, and it's never going to be always smooth. Um, but I'm enjoying the challenge of, of, of working at this football club. And, uh, and as I say, everybody's been great. The team's been great. The staff have been great. Um, and I'm hoping we can all be su successful together. So you were teammates with Matt. Um, did you get on? Uh, Matt at the time was quite quiet. And obviously he was just feeling his way into the first team environment. But no, I always looked out for the young players, and I think I think if you spoke to him, I think he'd probably say that. Uh, try to help, try to help. I think that's the job of a senior player to try and help um, the younger players, and and they do need help on a football pitch when they're 18, 19, 20, 21. Um, so um, it's a, it can be a it can be a brutal environment, a football pitch uh, in front of a, a big crowd. So uh, no, I always always looked out for him, um, and I was obviously I followed his career, and he, he had a decent career as a player. And I'm pleased that he's now moved into management. Uh, he's definitely the right character um, and the right type to do it. And defender Connor Masterson has also been chatting ahead of the game. We came in on uh, Monday and we went through the game, the MK, gone, uh, MK Don's game. And, you know, we looked back at the game as a team and as a coach and staff and we looked at each other and we was like, you know, we played well. We did play well. We nullified them. Obviously, they have a lot of the ball, but they'd have to do that to every team they play. So I just felt like we just... We played well, we just didn't 
have that we had created chances we just didn't take our chances and then shot ourselves in the foot a bit do you know what I mean and that's the frustrating bit but we know if we keep creating these chances and keep being positive it's gonna it's gonna turn and um, how do you look back at the season so far not just for the squad as a whole but for yourself I mean three goals on, on the board not, not too bad is it no, no, it's not too bad. I still want a few more, if I'm honest. I have goals myself, personally, and uh, yeah, I want to just keep working towards them and obviously staying fit and healthy is important as well. And as a team, I think we just... We're, I don't want to call us an early people, but you know what I mean, an early team, but we're nearly there, if you get me. I think rack a few uh, results together, we'll be there, and uh, it's important that we stay positive and keep going. Um, you, you, like you say, you've had a few spells here at the club. What's kept you coming back? What's kept you here? Obviously, it's transfer day. We're talking about moves yeah. and stuff. But you, you stayed on. You're still here now. What, what is it about Jimmy? Uh I think it's the club that gave me my real kind of hole as a person as well as a player. I've come here and obviously I think it was my second or third loan when I first came to Gillingham. So I knew how to come to a new club was and uh, I've just really enjoyed it, if I'm honest. And I've played, like I said, I've played my best football here, I think, and uh, I've warmed to the fans a lot. And uh, yeah, that's really what I, why I keep coming back. <laughs> Plus, we can hear from Gillingham's final signing of the transfer window. Josh Andrews has been telling the club what he's going to bring to Priestfield. The fans can expect me to firstly, first and foremost, give 100% every time I pull on the shirt. Um, that's a non-negotiable. Um, but as a player, you know, I'm a big imposing striker, six foot, six foot five, six foot six. Um, so they can expect a, a target man that's going to take care of the ball, always try and be available for the team to get them up the pitch. Um, and then when crosses are delivered into the box, I'll, I'll be on the end of them. Um, I think five of the six goals I scored this season were headers, so that's definitely a strong point of my game. But I'll also be able to, you know, provide other things. Um, you know, I've got a decent turn of pace, so I will run defenders if I need to. Um, I back myself technically to be able to do things that maybe not other big strikers typically can do. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. Don't forget you'll be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. Plus, we'll have reaction to the resulting bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning. And finally, a Chatham man who was born with spina bifida has joined the world's only competitive team of all disabled racing drivers. Dom Shaw is paralysed from the knees down and uses hand controls to drive his car. He says he got into racing at a young age. First of all, tell me where it all started. I believe your, your dad was a big inspiration for you getting behind the wheel. Yep, so my dad raced 94s um, locally. Um, he'd always had the Porsche in the garage and I'd help him out with the car and go to every race with him. And that's what sparked the interest for racing for me. Mm -hmm. But it was something I never thought was possible, um, being disabled mm -hmm. and not having the equipment available. My dad insisted that I go in a go-kart from a young age um, to get me used to driving so that it would eventually get me independent in driving on the roads, etc. myself. Um, but also as well, that sparked the interest in going racing as well. Fast forward um, to today, you're about to compete in your first championship. How are you feeling? Excited. <laughs> no, all the emotions you can think of. Excited, nervous. You know, it's a dream come true to finally be a, a racing driver. So um, I understand you're, you're paralysed from, from the waist down. It, have you got like a, a, a modified car? How, how, how does it work for people that, yeah. that, that don't understand? 
Uh, so myself, I've got hand control, so I've got a steering ball on the wheel, and then I've got a push-pull hand control um, to the side for accelerator and brake. How does it feel to be paving the way? I mean, it's the world's first team to be um, all disabled. There's going to be a whole generation of young drivers who will be looking up to you thinking that's never going to be something I can achieve. But then when they see you doing it and, and your teammates, that's going to completely change that. That's it. That is the plan, to inspire others um, to come forwards and join us um, to be disabled racing drivers. So, um, that's what Team Brit is for, to show that disabled people can compete in motorsport. Mm. Now, what would you say to, to your younger self if he was looking up now? You know, he's, he's trying out go-karting and he, he's got those, um, those remote control cars for the first time. And if you, if you could see him now, what would you say to him? Do it. Go for it. Just if you think you want to do it and you want to approach someone, send the email, make that phone call, turn up on their doorstep, go for it. Don't stop. Fantastic. Well, you're not going to be stopping. Very soon you're going to be behind the car, you're going to be there. Those lights are going to go out and you're going to be racing away. Um, first one's this, uh, it's the Brick Car Championship, very competitive series. Uh, you're starting off at Donington Park. 30th of March. Okay, and have you, got, have you got a track that you're looking forward to most? Obviously, you've got the local one, you're from, yeah. you're from uh, Medway. Not too far away is Brands Hatch, of course. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to Donington being the very first race. Um, and again, that was my very first racing track experience um, in a real car um, so that would be amazing for me and I've been around brands as well so I'm looking forward to that but I've never been around the GP circuit. And where do you hope to take this? What's the, I know you see the dream was to just get in the car let alone be racing it I mean what, what, where do you hope to take your career? So Team Brit's long-term goal mm -hmm. is to be the, the first all-disabled racing team to compete at Le Mans. Okay. So I hope to be part of that team. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out the very latest review from our secret drinker. Plus, click on the What's On pages for a guide of everything going on in the county over the weekend. Hope you have a fantastic Fantastic couple of days. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.